Hi, this is Chris Howard, host of Plugged In with Chris Howard, and I'm taking Iowa over Utah State in their game September 2nd. Bet Online has free odds and lines available online or on your mobile device. Visit Bet Online today. The Fred Minnick Show is brought to you by Michter's American Whiskeys and by 291 Colorado Whiskey. Hey, everybody, welcome back to the Fred Minnick Show. What a great week it is. The sun is out, the flowers are blooming. And I've got an interview here with Michael Orr, the subject of The Blind Side, which is the great movie that Sandra Bullock starred in. And you will you will get to meet the person behind that story. And what a wonderful human being he is. He talked about his career in the NFL with the Baltimore Ravens, and he talked about what he's doing to help people who are just like him, homeless and afraid, worried about where their next meal is going to come from. This man, Michael Orr, he's going to make a difference in communities around the world. So what kind of whiskey do I break out for someone this special to me? Well, I broke out Pappy Van Winkle, 20-year-old, among a few other things. So enjoy this episode of great whiskey, a great human being, and great conversation. But first... A word from our sponsors. People want a great whiskey that isn't like every other whiskey. So nestled in the shadow of Pikes Peak, 291 Colorado whiskey is distilled from grain to barrel to bottle. Exceptional Western whiskey, unlike any other. Passion permeates every sip. Utilizing grains from the Colorado Plains, water collected from Pikes Peak Reservoirs, and finished with Aspen Staves, 291 Colorado Whiskey is an award-winning single barrel and small batch whiskey. Hard made the Colorado way. Our recipe, our stills, independent and always rugged, refined, and rebellious. 291 Colorado Whiskey is proud of its humble roots and excited as we expand to new frontiers. Get your taste of Colorado at 291coloradowhiskey.com. Online orders available or find a bottle near you. Ride it like you stole it. Drink it like you own it. Live fast. Drink responsibly. At Michter's Distillery, our passion is making the finest bourbon, rye, and American whiskey possible. When you only produce very small batch and single barrel whiskey as we do, each and every barrel has to be perfect. No detail is too small for our production team. From careful attention to the 18-month or more air-dried wood used in the construction of our barrels, to entering our distillate into the barrel at the costlier or lower barrel entry proof of 103 so that it's smoother, to heat cycling our barrel houses, to our signature filtration protocol, we spare no expense in pursuing our goal of making the greatest American whiskey. And no Michter's gets bottled until our master distiller, Dan McKee, and our master of maturation, Andrea Wilson, say it's just right. Michter's Fort Nelson Distillery in downtown Louisville, Kentucky, is open for tours and tastings. Book your visit on our website and stop by the bar at Fort Nelson for a world-class cocktail. For more information, follow us on social media at Michter's Whiskey, go to michters.com, or visit your favorite bartender. Michter's Distillery. It's all about the whiskey. Joining the Fred Minnick Show is Michael Orr. How are you doing, Michael? Doing great, man. I appreciate you having me on. Look forward to it. Absolutely. We almost we almost had an emergency before I pressed record. <laughs> uh, we were in search of uh, Pappy. I sent you some Pappy, and you had to you had to look for it. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, I've been I do a lot. I've been doing a lot of traveling and uh, hadn't gotten to it, and you know, it was at the end of the bar, so. 
<laughs> good to go. <laughs> well, see, I was afraid, you know, that an old teammate came in and saw the bottle and just snatched it or FedEx got it or something like that, you know? No question. No question. I mean, <laughs> New Year's just passed and, you know, you know we trying to open this thing up for back up with COVID, man. And, uh, yeah. hey, we're doing a lot of get-togethers now, so. That's hey, right. Now, know. if you did have a teammate that would would jack one of your bottles, who would it be? Man, uh, you know, I, so hey, many. everybody likes to have a good time, man. So <laughs> I ain't gonna, I'm not going to point one out, but, hey, we get to the end. We get to the end. So, I mean, this, you know, this show right here, you can go on and on and have probably about 30 more shows about this <laughs> topic so <laughs> right, so what what uh what position would it be the offensive i feel like the offensive lineman you could trust those guys i feel yeah. like this secondary you know because they kind of like you know their whole job is like taking the ball away right 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 well see i i've always been defensive minded so i've always played like a def defensive guy you know mm -hmm. they're man they're nasty they're man they get you in i love their attitude so i would have to say somebody off the defensive line you know, oh, those okay. guys, when you're looking for a defensive lineman, you want them to be, oh, my gosh, you want them to go in the house and just <laughs> take everything you got and don't say sorry about nothing, you know. So that's what I look for in a defensive lineman, man. I, I want them to be the meanest. When you look at them, you better look away, you know, because you, you're scared they might do something. So I'm betting a defensive lineman would have got it. I just talked to one yesterday, and you, that's what made me bring it. And, uh, yeah, I, I see that. Well, we got a lot of good bourbon here to sip. Actually, I sent you some rye whiskey, too. I sent you uh, 291 Colorado whiskey. Yeah. Got that. Got I that. sent you uh, Jefferson's uh, straight rye, uh, a uh, cognac finish. The headliner of the show would be the Pappy Van Winkle, the 20-year-old. Yeah. Sent you uh, oh, that was, that was rye. That very important. That was very important. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. I sent you some uh, Penelope Four Grain cast drink. This is a rising yeah. star, by the way. Yeah, we got that. Got that. And then uh, some Old Fitzgerald. And then got it all. Got it all. Some Michter's Ten Year Old. Yeah. I, I real now I got all this before me. I I must have had it in my mind that you you like to drink whiskey. So I sent you a lot. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. It's a good it's a good drink though, you know, because the thing about it, you know, I'm not a heavy drinker mm -hmm. and whiskey's great, man, because you know, I get up I I'm look I look for something that's gonna have when I get up, I wanna feel like I, you know, hadn't been in a train wreck, you know. So Sure. Um and that's what whiskey does for you. And, you know, I've been in the last, I don't know, six, seven months, that's what I've you know, my go-to social drink, man, because uh, I feel like I can get up and have a good, you know, just, you know, go about my day. So everything well, else. Well, you know, I'm, I'm stoked to have this opportunity to uh, taste with you. Let's go ahead and start with the old Fitzgerald. And, and Michael, I'll give you a quick little tutorial on, uh, on, on how I taste kind of like professionally. Like if I am a, if I'm being like, if I'm uh, analytically critiquing a uh, a bourbon, right. uh, and then let's taste. Uh, so, 
you know the when bourbon goes into the barrel it clears the water from your tap right. so so the color is like it, it's like um it's like your introduction to the spirit and you know the darker it is the older it is like because every okay. single day it's in that wood it's going in and out and so the longer it's in the barrel the darker it will get and the barrel also gives it all of its like you know the majority of its flavor and its aroma i mean the new charred oak barrel is really a beautiful thing and it and it, it just you can just enjoy it what, just by looking at that color what, i mean what do you look for when you're tasting i mean what are you the first what, what thing yeah the first thing that i would like to tell people is like focus on where it's hitting on your tongue because mm -hmm. if you can laser in like it's hitting the tip of my tongue the middle of my tongue the back the sides then you can focus on what the flavors are and so right. like the sweetness will be at the tip of the tongue the savory like bread notes uh, will be in the middle that's kind of like uh the, you know the savory side of things and then gotcha. the, the bitterness will be in the middle toward the back and then the spiciness like baking spices cinnamon nutmeg uh, and pepper spices will be on the back of the palate. And then, like, on the sides of the palate, you can get some bitterness and spice as well. So, and you can you can really get an idea of what a bourbon will taste like just in that very beginning moment of smelling it. Right. And so that's where we'll kind of be here. We'll kind of, like, uh, begin right here. Just kind of bring it to your nose. Smells good. And when you smell it, smell it with your mouth open, too. That allow your olfactory to kind of relax a little bit, and you can you can even maybe taste it on on the way out. Good, good stuff. Mm. I definitely feel it's not it's pretty smooth going down in the you know in the at the end the the back of it. I don't feel the this doesn't have I don't taste too much spiciness are you uh, getting any sweet any sweetness yeah that's what i'm saying smooth mm -hmm. sweet and you know lets that go um uh, down and you know ready for your next one i think so. <laughs> yeah i wanted to i wanted to open with this one because it's a it, it's a softer like this this particular release and this is the uh this is the 14 year old uh fall edition uh 2020 of the old fitzgerald decanter series okay this is a it's a weed of bourbon it's very nice um uh, but it, nice. it, it it is easy easy sipping and we've got a you know we got a lot of work to do here you know you know you trained so hard you know to be a professional football player you know this is um this is kind of like um training you know where I'm, I'm training you for that next step as a taster yeah so yeah, for sure. this is this is like uh you know working out before a game, but uh, yeah yeah I mean you wouldn't want to do this before the game, but I get what you're saying. I get. What... <laughs> now <laughs> I, did you, you... go in the war with this? Did you all ever? Did, did anybody keep a bottle of bourbon around in the locker room? Um nah not the, you know I, not that I never I can't remember. Uh, mm -hmm. You know I've been you know I'm a, I'm kind of I've always been kind of serious trying to you know, stay focused and uh, just doing the right thing. But I've heard, you know, you hear, you hear things, you know, uh, for some guys, hey, it warms you up. It gets you going. So, mm -hmm. uh, you know, however you, you know, getting ready to, you need to get ready to get out there and dominate and, you know, have a great game. I'm, hey, I've never had a problem with it. So, 
you you uh, hear a lot four. you hear a lot more about alcohol in baseball locker rooms i, I don't think i've yeah. i've talked to a lot of nfl players and you, it doesn't seem like it's something that comes up um you know very often no nah, it, it doesn't because, i mean it's such a physical game you got to be locked in mentally and physically at the end mm-hmm. of the day uh, other sports not so much uh it's uh, i don't know you, you got to be the thing about football it, it, it's a it's a great sport because you're counting on so many other people. Mm-hmm. You have to be locked in mentally and physically. And all throughout the week, you, you know, you, you've focused in. It's, it's a more mental game more than anything. So uh, any distractions, like I said, some guys can handle it, but 99% of the guys, they're locked in 100%. Mm. And, you know, you've had uh... – uh, now let's go to the to the Mictors, the the ten year old. Yeah, and you had you had such a great career. And, Appreciate. Uh, and I got to think you're looking at the Ravens right now, with with absolute excitement. Um, you know, Jackson is such a an electric quarterback. I love I love watching uh, Lamar play. I love watching him play. Yeah, hey Lamar, he's uh it's the first guy my be by me being an offensive lineman um this is the first quarterback where i think you know an offensive lineman is safe around where if you get beat if you make a mistake he can correct it and you know he's so elusive and mm-hmm. i mean god i mean the the way he runs the ball he's the greatest i've ever seen just i mean the way he runs the ball he's gliding he's like a gazelle i mean he's he appears to not be full speed but he's running away from guys yeah and uh Mm -hmm. like i said if you get beat as an offensive lineman you know you're like oh my god this is sack automatically but with him right here he can save you probably 20 sacks a year so he's a dynamic player uh the criticism he takes is unfair but oh i totally agree of course i i I live in i live in louisville so i'm a little biased but he's such a hometown hero here we we love him you know he was a he was a he was an animal at louisville he was uh he did his thing and you know what he done it's what he's doing now it's uh historic and you know what's interesting is like uh you, you talked about the criticism he he gets you know, I think I think the the running quarterback, you know, people just kind of put them in the box of like, well, they're they're going to get injured at some point. You know, that's right. just that's just kind of how the lens that they look at them, look at running quarterbacks. And I just I think it's very unfair because every position is going to get injured at some point, right? I mean, no. Once you step on the field, it's a hundred percent guaranteed that you're going to get injured. Um, I think you know with it's like anything else what you did you know you don't you're you get comfortable at at everything you know that's just Mm -hmm. life with any profession with everything so um you know when you from the beginning of time everybody has been a drop back passer you know you think of a Peyton Manning Tom Brady so Mm -hmm. this new style of quarterback play you're running around you're electric and you're just basically having a good time so you know, it's some everyone has to get used to. It it it's with it uh, with everything. So, you know, it's just you know, uh, you want. I mean, at the end of the day, it's your, your franchise uh, quarterback, and it's like a running back. 
they don't yeah. last long. But, you know, I, I think once he becomes, a, you know, get a little bit more smarter, you know, take less hits, run out of bounds, you know, slide a little more, you know, it just opens up everything else for him. So I think he'll be fine. And you're uh, – and Flacco is, you know, he's kind of more of that uh, – the the classic drop-back passer with the – with a with a with an arm you know what's where's i don't even i haven't even kept up with him where where is he now is he still in denver he, uh, he, was he just in denver. signed with uh flacco just signed with uh and uh he's in philly he's in philly okay i was just signed with philly yeah um man one of the strongest toughest guy one of the toughest guys i've ever been around you know uh arm you, you look at this guy's forearm i don't mm-hmm. know you ever met him if you ever meet him his form is, you know, two times the size of mine. Um, but, oh, you wow. know, one of the wow. toughest guys under under pressure. I mean, I wouldn't want any other guy. Uh, you know, he. I've seen this guy get hit, man, and just gets up like nothing happens. And uh, I'm a big fan of Flacco. He's, <laughs> he's, he's I'm probably his biggest fan. Uh, I love him. I love him because you see – videos of guy other quarterbacks that get out here and you know they're you know not ideal but Flacco he was he's what you're looking for uh in a it, quarterback you caught you definitely caught lightning in the bottle with him that's for sure he was uh, uh, he, he he's well you know I, he started at Michigan he went to Delaware so you know I think a lot of people uh I, I think he started at Michigan no, he started at Pittsburgh. He started at Pittsburgh and um, he transferred to uh, Delaware. And, you know, he was kind of under the radar, but, you know, he had the, the tools with there. The talent was there. So I think he's, you know, he's still playing. And I think he's still got some game in Yeah, I, I root for him. You know, he's a guy that I was like, I was really hoping things would work out for him in Denver. You know, I thought that was a good fit. But, you know, it's, um, you know, he's he's the guy that, you know, he's going to pop back up. And he's going to compete for a job, and you well, you. Know. I mean, every it's just like with anything else. Um, people don't like what they can't understand, mm-hmm. and he's a you know he's a quiet guy. Um, it, it's just like with anything else, and it, you know you need to be around the right system uh, at that level because everybody have a, have their own philosophies and they're bringing their own people in, and they think they're. They can do it this way. The only team that I think caters around their players and do what they're good at is New England. And, you know, they don't need the flashy guys, the big-time guys. They 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 do it the way you're supposed to do it. And they don't make it too complicated. They don't make it too hard. They concentrate on the fundamentals, technique, and just do it the right way. And I think once you get away from those things – I mean, that's when things start to go astray and you get lost and you, you're one and done as a coach. And, you know, football is not complicated. It's about hitting, blocking, mm-hmm. passing, catching. It's simple at the end of the day. When you start making it hard, it gets it looks complicated. But, hey, in the backyard, everybody has to think, man, you know, I, I, I probably scored a thousand touchdowns, uh, <laughs> caught a thousand balls and – everything in the backyard i mean because you know everybody has every little kid has it's only football i think when people you know go to harvard and yale and they bring it to the gridiron it it gets lost yeah 
it, it's a it's a tough sport and you know as we t- as we get sip on the uh the michter's 10 year old uh cheers to to joe flacco and good luck out there oh, yeah. in philly no doubt i'm a big jalen hurts fan too though um uh, you know his composure the way you know i'm a big you know I Wait, you, in it. you allow yourself to be a fan of someone from alabama no, I'm a fan of a guy who played at uh, Oklahoma. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, no, nah, he, uh, he, you know, the way that he handled himself, though, uh, you know, getting benched, yeah, you know, sticking around. Mm-hmm. And I can remember, like it was yesterday, I saw an interview after he uh, took over, after he got benched. And they still, you know, they won the championship and he was like, man, it was amazing what, you know, the guy did who uh, replaced them and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, gave him all the credit in the world and, you know, stuck around. So that thing, that same thing happened in reverse the next year. And that interview wasn't the same. You know, you have to think about what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. It wasn't the same. So the character that Jalen had and, sticking around i mean he's perfect for the nfl his work ethic Mm -hmm. i think he'll have tremendous success if like i said before you know the people around him buy into him and you have to have you have to have uh and i seen some from you know the owner he backed him he said that he was the quarterback stuff like that that leads to success at that level if you don't have the backing from everybody top to bottom it won't happen, you know, because the athletes is tremendous. The athletes is, man, it's world-class. So you need all the help you can get <laughs> for mm-hmm. at that level. If you don't, you're set up to, uh, for failure. Well, especially in Philly, you know, I mean, they'll boo you on a good day, you know. Man, so. I, I, I've seen, you know, I got social media, so I've seen I've, <laughs> lately the clips they booed uh, Kobe Bryant, man, at the All-Star game uh, yeah. a while back. And I look at that now, I, I just sit there and just watch it constantly. Uh, you know, I don't, it, it's crazy. I, I don't know. You know, the fans don't realize that they make all this stuff go. And, mm-hmm. you know, they look at the athletes like, man, we're, those guys are the ones making it go. Uh, they should be doing this and that. You know, we wouldn't be anything without the fans. You know, you guys, the fans are the ones that make all these things go. This stuff go. We play for the fans. We get. You look at sports right now without them. I mean, you you watch it. I still tune in, but it's not the same. No, and, it's uh, not. You know you. So, you know you should be backing your players. You should be, you know, with them. And you know, and I get it. Um, you look at them like, man, they're superheroes, and they think something I'm working on right now. I'm trying to working on something to let everybody know that. Hey, you got that hit down inside too. Not just someone who you're seeing on TV or someone who's the strongest guy you see at the gym. You might you might feel like you're the weakest person, but when you're back against the wall and you have to dig deep to go get something, you have that hit inside you. And it's just, you know, uh, it's fight or flight, right? So you're in the woods or something with a wolf or lion, you're, and you're, you, Hey, you're back against the wall. You will become a lone wolf, wolf and uh, get the job <laughs> yeah. done, won't you? So, yeah, that's that's what it's about, you know, the, uh, with the fans. And you just gotta, you know, everybody's at 
got that dog in them. You got to find a way to bring it out of you. And of course, your your story, you know, became you know so famous with with the book Blindside, and which was turned into a movie. And you know, I think everybody who's ever seen you talk, and I know you're a very motivate motivational person. Uh, you know, everybody, you, you just you kind of exude that, and I'm so glad to hear that you're you're creating uh, you're creating something to 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 bring that forward with you know to other people because that movie in the book were inspiring to so yeah. to millions to millions you know um and i know you get asked this a lot but you know was, was did you feel that was a really good representation of your life at that point um at the time you know it, it is it's very inspiring very motivating and um the thing for me at the time, I'm doing a lot better with it now, uh, with the things that I'm doing. I, I get, it's so motivating because it's so many people, it's so many other Michael Orr's out there who are, uh, who need that, that if you look at it this way, I didn't have, I could have dropped out of school in sixth grade, mm -hmm. uh, even earlier. I didn't have anybody to show me, you know, what was it? What would it? You know, to go to school, to graduate school. You look at it like an athlete. Michael Jordan, he had someone, Doctor J, uh, Earl Monroe, Elgin, but people like that. Kobe Bryant had Michael Jordan. LeBron had everybody. You know, he plays like everybody. I didn't have anybody to show me the way out, so I had to do it on my own. I didn't have, you know, like I said, I could have dropped out. I didn't have anybody to finish high school. All I had around me was drugs, people doing drugs, people selling drugs, violence, things like that. So that, I was just waiting on my turn to get involved in that. And uh, I was all, my thing for me, I was always going to, I never was going to get involved in it. I never was going to, my thing, if I had to get three or four jobs, you know, fast food, restaurant, anything. I was going to break that cycle. Mm -hmm. I was always motivated. I didn't need sports was almost a plan B for me. And, you know, that's what I'm leaning towards now. And that's what I'm trying to show this next generation. And um, that's what the blind side did. And it's so many people, so many other Michael Wars out there that's still in that situation that need a way out. Um, and I was always, I was focused on that from the time I was 10, 11 years old. Uh, the movie, you know, it, it, I, you know, it took, it did take, it took away some of my hard work and my labor. It felt, you know, someone came in, they saved me. And, you know, in reality, you know, I was always going to, you know, beat the odds and uh, break that cycle. But, you know, what it did, it showed people that, you know, hey, I can do this. And, right. you know, that's why, that's why I'm, that's why I got this hat on right now. And this O stands for war. I'm opening up a, a school for the less privileged. And, you know, we'll have, it'll be a campus. It'll be, I have a residential uh, facility for uh, at-risk uh, youth and people who struggling with their kids and just can't, um, you know, provide anymore. And, you know, they'll be able to come to the, uh, or campus and uh, you know we have a school we have housing we have a, a, about eight houses 
that uh, house six kids uh, per house with a mom and dad there that, you know, will sh- that, you know, show you what it's like to, you know, to be a young ad- adult and show you the way, basically. If That's I had awesome. that at that time. Yes, if I had that at the time, I was seven years old when I went into foster care and the time that I felt like the time I was probably about 16, 17, when I went out to the school that I graduated from, Mm -hmm. you know, my life wouldn't wouldn't have been as hard. And I will give that to these young kids and uh, we're breaking ground on that. Uh, The OR campus with the OR Academy with the school. So, and that's, you know, that's part of uh, what I'm trying to do and, you know, just continue to give back because of the blind side. That's that's absolutely awesome. To that, sir, I raise I raised a glass to you with the the mixers we just poured. I appreciate it. You know, cheer, cheers to you in everything you're doing there. That that's beautiful. It. What what do you think of this mixers? It's good. It's good. Um, you know, once you start, <laughs> hey, for me, once you start getting with uh with you know the brown, uh. I think it's smooth. I think it's uh, <laughs> yeah, it's all it all becomes smooth. <laughs> it's but uh, yeah. it's it's tasting it's tasting like it should. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. So yeah, it's good. Good stuff. So uh, let's go to uh, now. Let's go to the Penelope. Yeah, I got that in my hand. Pour that in that cup. Full, full warning, this is cast drink, so straight from the barrel. Now, what's but, the meaning behind that? What's so that, that? that means they uh, they basically did not add water to it after the barrel, and when it comes out of the barrel, it'll be... So this is uh, it's basically higher. Oh, I, I got the same thing you got, you got right yep. now? Uh-huh. Gee. So this I is mean, 116 proof. Oh, my gosh. I'd probably just stick my finger in there. <laughs> 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 but um you know uh, i i i love i love that you are you know trying to you know give back and, and create solutions for uh for young people i was in a program um you know for uh, i didn't come from a poor family but we did not have a lot of means and you know i i was very scholastically motivated and i applied for a federal program called uh, upward bound and uh, it was basically it basically was a bunch of un- underprivileged kids uh who excelled in school and were trying to make something of themselves that that would never get a look from someone like yale or harvard you know uh unless they had like perfect everything you know, t- today, today we're very socially conscious and socially minded, but you know, for a lot of us when we were growing up, it was just your parents have money, and yeah. I do, I really do like the shift that we are seeing with like how we care about one another. And I know, listen, I know we got a long way to go, but I, I feel like as a society, well, if you get in social media, you can kind of get lost. But if you if you get into actual projects like what you're doing, you're changing the world, man. You're changing yeah. the world, and hey, I, just, you just, I love that. You just you just um, that's that's the that's what the or academy or the uh, the campus that I'm building is about right there. 
I know it was on another scale. It's a different scale. So, you know, when you across America, when you're struggling, I guarantee you, everybody has the same survival meal. Everybody mm-hmm. has the same story. You think of football, uh, the backyard football games. It's a game where, you know, you're throwing the ball up and without looking, someone catches or you're putting it to them and they have to, you know, it's called jackpot. We called it kill a man and pick up and run. Mm-hmm. It's the same game, though. You know, it's all around the world. So if you're eating ketchup sandwiches or Roman noodles around, everybody, you can relate to everybody in that struggle. So what what you just said, you're, you're basically talking about Michael Wars, the, the people like me, you know, you, you wasn't going to get to that Harvard level. My thinking was, hey, I'm not going to get caught up in this cycle, this environment. If I get three or four jobs, uh, you know, I'm, that's that was successful for me. So with that, with that in mind, what you just said, those are the kids that I'm targeting. Kids who, you know, hey, they just need that extra push, that mm-hmm. extra help for them to be successful. And I already had my mind, mind made up. So when the Tui family came, uh, when I went out to the school that I graduated graduated from you know that was the push that i needed to be successful and that's all you know you 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 know you never know who you're talking to as a kid Mm -hmm. you know you never know when you're driving by you see a group of kids oh they're up to you know i was that kid so i was that kid that like i was just talking to this uh to these i do motivational speaking and i was just talking to a, a lot of doctors and I was the kid that was coming in there, and it was they served the underprivileged at their do, at their hospitals, people with no insurance. I was one of those kids. I remember going to the doctor's office, sitting on a table, being uncomfortable in the gowns that they put us in, you know, things like that. So, you know, I was those. I was that kid, and you you have to say, hey, you know, you don't you don't know what this kid might be. You know, you have you can't you got to give them the benefit of the doubt and uh, just give them a chance. You know, that's what you were just saying. And uh, it just hit home to me because yeah. I'm looking for this. If you just get that push, hey, the sky's the limit. You can change the world. That's absolutely right. And if you if you would have told me I would have become a professional, uh, all that education and all that hard work <laughs> would would turn me into a professional drinker. I'd have been like. <laughs> you, you can't you can't advertise my my profession to these right kids right you, <laughs> hey you want to need to go uh, go to school for you like man just send, <laughs> hey just send me right there we good <laughs> hey, but all all of that built you for this point though and gave that's, you that everything. that's right it gave, it gave you character gave you i mean it just you know gave you added to the resume well let's let's sip on this uh penelope here this is going to yeah. be a lot different. You're going to taste some grains in this one. Uh, you know, think of maybe I'm, some I'm, cornbread. I'm not going deep in it. I'm going to need some water after this. Some of that Popeye's <laughs> cornbread. You brought up Popeye's. Have you had their chicken sandwich? The, the, I, I did. I did. I had it. Uh, I had it. I think probably last April or something. I'm right now. I'm. Uh, 
I don't eat too much fast food right now. I'm trying to I'm trying to get the COVID twenty five off of me right now. Oh man. Yeah. It hit you too, huh? <laughs> hey, hey, you know, you had your New Year's resolution and man, it came so fast. I'm already in month four. So, you know, on my social media accounts, I'm just sending out Hey, I'm just looking. Don't mind me. Looking forward to 2022. Don't worry. And, and, and though I'm just sending hints out to everybody. If you see me, they, I thought you was working out, man. Nah, I'm getting ready for 2022. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I'm getting ready. I'm getting ready next year. So yeah, I had I enjoyed it. Uh, I had a good time, and you know, it's back to work and you know, back traveling again. Means and. It's fun. It was fun while it lasted for me. Right. But uh, well, yeah. Now we're getting back. We're going to go to the two ninety one Colorado whiskey now. Now yeah, you're, this, you, uh, that that Penelope man. I mean, that was the Penelope. That was mm-hmm. uh, that's pretty. That's pretty tough. That was pretty tough. Now did did it surprise you in any ways? Uh yeah. I, I mean, I I think it's something where you're trying to finish tonight. You're trying to you know go all in. You've been. You know, sipping on some champagne and need some strong. <laughs> all right, take so, it on in. All right, so this one is 133 proof. <sighs> I know. What are we on? What are we on? 291. We're going to do the 291, 291. now. That's, that's what I. So, you know, this is going to be, you know, uh, uh, a big raunchy defensive lineman. You know, maybe. Uh, and Dominic and Sue, maybe, um, yeah, who, who's uh, it's a lot of monsters out there. Uh, Aaron, a, Don- Aaron Donald, yo, yeah, he's a beast. Yeah, yeah this, this is what that is. Then, <laughs> <laughs> when you so think about it. Two, 291's uh, Aaron Donald, love it. So, so you said you were uh, an email, and if you don't want to talk about it, because I, I write books, yeah, and I don't like I'm to talk about on it. one right now. I don't like I don't like to talk about a book until it's like out, just in case it doesn't get published. <laughs> but yeah. if you do, you, do you care talking about what you're working on? What I'm working on right now, uh, it's about overcoming, overcoming, mm-hmm. and you know, I, I was blessed with tremendous talent, you know. And, you know, I got a concussion and things like that. And kind of, you know, my career came to an abrupt stop. I, you know, I was blessed. I could, I'm back healthy now, do a lot of stuff that I could do, you know, 10 years ago. But, uh, you know, it sent me into a, you know, mental state where I couldn't get off, couldn't get out of, I couldn't get healthy. So it took me a couple of years to get back. Yeah. And the book yeah. is about, overcoming like i said earlier when you're back against the wall um you know having that it inside you to you know just overcome it's it's something that i thought of today and it's people people that think that uh that you're dumb you're you you know because i've been called dumb before and you're not it's with everything it's with everything it, you dumb can go with everything, sports, working, everything. Mm-hmm. And the definition behind that is mute, lack of speech. You can't talk. So the thing about it is you can't talk on something that's 
if the information hadn't been presented to you. So how would you be able to talk on something? You know, so that people have been using dumb the wrong way the whole time. So it, the book is mainly about overcoming uh, faith. And I'll be talking about mental health and, you know, how I, how I, you know, got back healthy from that and, you know, salt therapy and just, I'm talking to a lot of different people and getting their perspective, athletes, poly, everybody, you know, you can name a few people you, you'll know of being here. And it's basically about overcoming. And I, I'll be uh, giving examples how I got, up, got out of situations or, you know, some, someone else who I talked to, how they got out of the situation. And uh, I'll end the book with uh, what I've been talking about earlier, uh, you know, paving a way for the next generation with the, the or campus, the or Academy and things like that. So, you know, I don't want to put too much out there, but it'll be, this, this will be my best book yet. And I have a bestseller out there. I beat the odds, but in the blind side, uh, this will be the best one yet for people who, uh, you know, can't get over the hump and just showing them how to do it, showing mm -hmm. them how to do it and how to, just let them know that you got it inside you too. And, you know, you can be special and, you know, you know, like it's simple, but you can do whatever you put your mind to. And once you look in that mirror, you know, if you, once you look in that mirror, I'm a big mirror guy. If something's not going right for you on sports business, you look in the mirror and you ask yourself, what am I doing wrong? Am I showing up early? Am I putting in the work? Am I putting in the time? Am I putting in the extra time on the practice field? Or are you showing up when you're supposed to show up? When you time for you to clock out, are you clocking out at that time? Are you putting in extra work on the, in sports? If you're not, you're not going to keep climbing that ladder. You're not going to get those promotions. You're not going to get those jobs. You're going to get cut on the, in sports. You got to ask yourself first. I can guarantee you once you go into that mirror, do that mirror test, you can find all your answers in that mirror. Mm -hmm. People don't, you know, a lot of people, they look at themselves, they look in the mirror, they look away, you know, because, you know, they, they, they're they not meeting the expect expectations that they want to look, uh, you know, it's just like if you're working out, nobody wants to look in the mirror at themselves when they're working out, right? I mean, when they're trying to get uh, in shape or get healthy. You know, like, man, I, I'm not there yet. I'm, I, hey, I'm fighting right now. I'm, I walk past a mirror. I'm like, ah, ugh, geez, I'm not there yet. So, you know, it's that same thing. You got to be open. And once I look in that mirror, I'm like, man, I'm a big fan of snacks. I graham crackers and those little snacks. I'm eating them a lot. I'm like, you know, I look in the mirror. I'm like, well, you're, you're not, you're not being real with yourself you're eating snacks you're eating or double stuff stuffed over real cookies right so uh all of that plays a part in it. and then you know the book's about you know basically a lot of that stuff and uh i think it'll be the best one yet well i'm telling you right now as we go to uh to jefferson's uh what did you what did you think of the 291 i thought it you know it came on strong but actually it ended smooth i, nice. I like the way that it finished yeah, that was pretty good. So now let's go to the Jeffersons. And I'll tell you, Michael, uh, we had um, you, we, we have a lot in, in common there. I, 
I'm an Iraq veteran, and when I when I came home, I mean, I was, I was this close from being homeless, and you know, there's that that story is very common, and um, you know, I, I got myself in therapy through the VA, and you know, uh, therapy is so important to my life, and it got it helped me get in the right place. But it's also how I found my career as a taster. I was uh, one of the techniques that I was taught in therapy was mindfulness, like taste mindfulness, where I put a chip on my on my palate and crunch it and fill it all around and see how you know close my eyes and think about how it tasted and everything. Right. And um, and and I learned that I had an ability um, to to genuinely taste and smell, and you know here I am now. But like that, your story about overcoming and putting it out there in a book is going to help so many people because what will happen is therapists will take that and they will start applying it. It'll come up in sessions. My friend, you are going, you're going to help so many people with, with that um, story. And I tell you, the look in the mirror thing is, <laughs> is so true. And it's part of what's missing in our culture today is accountability to oneself. We've lost that in a lot of ways. For sure. For sure. And yeah, hey, I didn't hey, I appreciate what you're doing. Uh what you've done. That's awesome. I didn't know. I didn't know that. I didn't know that you uh served you know the country. I appreciate that and you know, keeping us at peace and you know, being able to do what we uh wanna do every day and live like you know, live the life that we living over here. It's a man, I appreciate you and I wanna applaud you for that and uh we couldn't do anything Major. without yeah. you. We couldn't do anything without you. I couldn't go out here and I couldn't live in this home that I live in. And just without you, though, you know, you're putting your life on the line. And hey, that's what I that's what I mean by that. It, though, you know, I wouldn't I, I said all the time. I, I, I don't think that I could go to if they you know, I would have to do my jail time, you know, but. You had that in inside you that, hey, I'm going to go fight for my country. I'm going to put my life on the line. That's what I'm talking about. Guys, I can tell you right now, 99% of pro athletes, celebrities, everybody, they wouldn't do what you did. So you had that inside you that I don't, you know. You know what I mean? That's 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 special. So I well, appreciate, I pre- I appreciate that. Different. But I think, I think you, you know, you you've got the hard circum you know everyone a lot of people say like no. I, I couldn't do that I, but I, I could see it. Hey, when my back against the wall now, I, hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna get it done. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> here's the, here's the thing though, the the uh, the cardio is pretty rough. <laughs> see, exactly, I'm I'm a sprinter. I can't go a mile around the track, man. I, I just give me a hundred yard dash, I'm good. Anything past that, I I can't do it. So that's awesome. I appreciate this. So this uh this Jefferson's uh, rye finish in a cognac cast. This is up for my best whiskey of 2021. It is. Um, I was so excited um, that I was able to share this with you because it's one of my it's one of my favorite new whiskeys right now. Awesome. Well, let me, let me see what it's about. You know, you know that's a that's pretty good. That's pretty good stuff. A lot of this, hey, are these uh, all of these on the shelves now? Uh, so pretty much everything that I sent you is like really hard to get. 
and uh, I sent you a little sample uh, vials, uh, and you know you can't those uh, like Jefferson. This is everything up here is allocated. The one bottle you could probably get is a two ninety one. Yeah, that one's probably available. Uh, yeah, in most that, markets. That, that was that was pretty good. That was pretty good stuff right there. A lot of it you, you can taste it. Um, I'm a, I, I barbecue a lot, so I'm a big oh you know, nice yeah a brisket. I love barbecuing and brisket. All right, are you a Kansas City style or a Memphis style? Oh man, I, I got my. You know, I started off as a Kansas Kansas City style. I like the rubs and putting uh you know the the wet rubs and putting it on there. Now, you know, once you start getting it down, you know you you start perfecting your seasoning. You want people to taste that seasoning, so mm-hmm. I've went back to the Memphis style and uh, that dry rub, and because I want you to, I want you to taste my hard work, kind of like this stuff right here, right? <laughs> you know, I want you to taste that. I don't want to put any, uh, what's that, baby Ray's uh, barbecue sauce? Oh yeah, stuff. yeah, yeah. So <laughs> I want you to taste my hard work and how long I've stood over this uh, grill and mm-hmm. the seasoning, and then the uh, the overnight you know, marinating and things like that. So, uh, yeah, you, it's the same thing when it comes to this stuff right here. Uh, now, I just, I just poured, I'll just, I just poured the pappy. So feel free to jump yeah, on that, that one. Yeah. I saw that. Pappy, yeah. This is the, this is the hardest uh, bottle to come by, uh, right now in, in American whiskey. Um, you know, people will be standing in long lines for it. And um, when um, when I got introduced to you from Clay, I mm-hmm. was like, I was like, I gotta send Michael some Pappy, you know, because I'm such a fan. So um, this is uh, well, it's only just a little bit that I sent you. It is um, it's 20 years old. It it is one of the um, it is the most sought after bourbon in the world. That's incredible. Let me try this right now, man. I imagine this is what a lot of the uh, a lot of the players who are about to be drafted in the next NFL draft would like to drink after after they get the pick. They hear their pick. Yeah, man, trust me, they'll be so happy where they won't be. They'll be they'll be high of life, and <laughs> once they get drafted, they don't need anything. Um, no, that's that's pretty good stuff. That's pretty good stuff. Uh, amazing, amazing. The thing about it all is, you know, you need chases for a lot of different stuff you're drinking. <laughs> you need ice. You need a bunch of water. You need a bunch of, uh, you know, artificial flavored drinks. But this <laughs> stuff, man, you can you can drink it, you know, right up and you know just enjoy it. So it's a bunch of good stuff. I mean, you're in the right business. You know, you got it going. I mean, you're not, you know, you're not drinking a lot of alcohol, you know? Well, you know, as a taster, you still have to taste the bad stuff every now and then. But for my, for my guests though, I I, I don't send the bad stuff. I only send the good stuff. So, but this is, this is pretty, you know, the, the 20 year old, I normally tell people that, um, I am a, I'm a fan of the 15-year-old in the Pappy Van Winkle lineup, but I have to say, this is the second time I have tasted the 20-year-old where I'm like, this might be my favorite in the lineup now. So this is, 
No, that's some good. That's some good stuff. That's some good stuff. I think that entire lineup is pretty good, but uh, mm-hmm. yeah, that pap is it's legit. It's legit. I like I said, what I thought about that was, you know, all of it. You know, I like to put plenty of ice, and a lot of stuff in my, but I didn't need any of it with the uh, with this setup or with this nice. lineup here. So nice, nice and velvety for you. All right, nice. so. When uh, let, let's take a look at like what that feeling's going. So you said like the the, the so the, let's talk about the NFL draft for a second. You know you get you get picked. Uh, you were picked twenty third, right? If memory serves, yeah, twenty three. Yeah. What what is that? What is that feeling like when you hear your name called? For me, you know, you know when you. The way that I came about and the the road that I had to travel, it felt like from the time that I started and because the realest dream that I ever had was getting drafted in New York. Mm-hmm. So I my goal was I had to get to New York. I had to get to New York. I woke up, I can remember my senior year of high school. I, you know, I woke up and I was like, man, I thought I just got drafted, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was real life. So um for me it seemed like from that time it took for it took fifty years, you know, because of the work I had to put in the, a lot of homelessness, the uh, starving and house to house and things like that. And to finally hear my name called, uh man, it, the tears tears of joy just, you know, poured down and um Man, it it was just it was amazing for me because I have the road, you know, when you you, you know, you, you deal with the things that you have to deal with. Me I had to deal with as a youngster to get drafted, you know, I, I still can't believe till this day, to this very day that I got drafted, played in the NFL. I wake up and I, I think about it all the time. Every day I walk around the house and I can't get used to the things that it provided for me. The relationships that it, it, it came with it, and me being attached to such a great league organizations and things like that, and it does that for you. Um, it's a it's a hard thing to accomplish. Not many people, the percentage of people making it, it's it's slim. And um, you know, it, it's uh, it's a poor man's game, and to make it from where you start and to finish it's also a kid's game you know everybody plays it and to to get to that point and to make it i can't describe it i can't describe it because i still can't believe it that i got to that point was able to get on stage and do all that and uh first round it's crazy it's crazy when you think of the odds and you think back right now i I just left uh, my son. He just played a baseball game. And you look at all the kids that's around playing. And it's I know it's baseball, but he plays football too. So you go to the fields and you see the people that that's working out on the days that we're working out. Um, you know, every field that we go to, you know, practicing or working out just a part everybody's doing something at every sport and you think about, and it's just my town town here in Nashville. So you have to beat out so many thousands of millions of people 
for me to beat out, beat out those, it's only 32 every year. Yeah. So for me to beat out those that many people, it's always going to be astonishing in me because the, you got to think of it because 30% of the people that I grew up around at the time, I was, I lived in the poorest zip code in the country. I live, uh, 30% of the kids graduated from high school, less than 5% went to college and stayed there. So those are all the things that went across my mind. And for me to get to that point, it's still, it'll, I'll never be able to believe it. I mean, I can't describe it. It's, I can go on and on about this, but I, I don't know. It, it's just a wonderful feeling, uh, providing me with a platform like no other. Well, you know, yeah, it's just uh, tremendous. Michael, I will tell you that your journey is only just beginning. You are a beautiful person. You are doing so many great things for mankind. And the NFL was only a part of Chapter 1. And I know you've already had a movie made about you, but I have a, my, I have a, I have a sneaking suspicion that uh, Part 2 of Michael Orr's is, is going to be an even better movie and I can't thank you enough for coming on the show and sharing some some fine drams with me today and uh, I just want to toast you I, you know what I, I drank all the pappy there so I'm gonna have to pour myself a little bit awesome. more awesome. you know so I mean listen like you said this is work so uh, no technically this is part of the job so I just want to raise a glass to you my friend and um, and thank you for everything that you have done and continue to do to inspire others. Cheers. Awesome. I appreciate it. Let's keep it going. Absolutely. Well, be safe out there. And um, I can't wait to read your book. I really can't. I can't wait. To awesome. Read it. Awesome. Well, keep me uh, posted. We, uh, you got my uh, information. And uh, hey, when, when the books, uh, my new book come out in the spring, okay. I'll be glad to come back on. Well, and I get through Nashville all the time. So well, yeah, I'll have I, I to see you're in Kentucky. Hey, yeah. Uh, you know, you're here. I'd love to take you out to dinner or lunch and uh, let's hang out. Hold on now. You're bragging on your barbecue. I'm going to have to I'm going to have to put it to the test. So bring your family. Bring your family. <laughs> I'd love to have you over to the home. So, yeah, uh, we'll love to have you. Uh, it's my favorite place to, you know, barbecue and have a good time at, at the house. And, you know, let's get it on. I love it. Cheers, my friend, and I can't wait to meet you in person and drink this together in person. It's going to happen one of these days. Cheers. <laughs> awesome. All right. See you guys, and I appreciate it. I hope you enjoyed that interview with Michael Lore. I really did not expect to come away as almost teared up as I was. Now, I'd seen the movie. I had read about him. I had seen interviews with Michael, but... You, you just don't understand the kind of an impact he can have until you start talking to him. He is a human being that can change the world. And I am, if I was a betting man, I would go all in on Michael Orr because he is a great, great man. He's going to be doing great things for this country. We need more Michael Orrs in this world. We need more Michael Orrs in this world. And I hope that somebody hears this podcast and they decide to do something good with their life as Michael has continued to do every single day. 
So that's going to do it for this week's episode. I appreciate you tuning in. I really do. If you can give us a review on uh, however you listen to your podcast, it goes a long way for our, our algorithms and keeping the algorithm overlords happy. And uh, make sure you're following me on all the social medias. Just look for my name, Fred Minnick. Also, make sure you're giving Michael Orr a follow. He's, uh, he's worth the follow. Got a lot of cool stuff going on out there. And uh, But that's going to do it for this week. Be safe out there. No licking handrails, no licking trash cans. And remember, vodka sucks unless it's being used for hand sanitizer. Cheers, everybody. You've been listening to The Fred Minnick Show, brought to you by Michter's American Whiskeys and by 291 Colorado Whiskey. For more information on Fred's books, articles, and more, just go to fredmenick.com.